Meek Speaks is your favorite podcast destination for women empowerment, healing, self-love, self-discovery, forgiveness, and manifesting a purposeful life. We don't always talk about the things that you want to hear, but you definitely Hi need to Hi guys, and welcome back so to let's Meek get into Speaks it. Podcast. We are on episode six, and I am excited. Look, there's been a build up for this conversation. Now we are here, we are yes. on the futon, yes. and we are ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Today's topic is, I didn't forget about you. Yes. And my special guest today is Miss Dee Dee Hart Grant. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I know. And then I'm going to let her tell you guys more about herself, okay? Okay. All right, so I know that you were born and raised in Seattle, Washington. And you've been in Arkansas for 10 years. What in heaven's name brought you to Arkansas? (laughs) That is actually like the first question people usually ask me when I mention that. Um, I actually was going through a divorce. Um, Well, separation first, then divorce. But that's how I got here is I needed a fresh start. I actually, my grandma was living here. Uh, I had two aunties that were living oh, here. Oh, okay. And my parents were moving here, so um, okay. yeah, I was like, you know what? Perfect time. So you like the South? Oh, I love it. Love the South. Yeah, I'm a Southern girl at heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I know that you're a mother of three yes. boys. What is that like? Because I have four girls. Oh, Jesus. Um, you know what? It really is a blessing. It just so happens that I'm very comfortable with boys because I do have five brothers. Yes, okay. You heard me right. I said five. Five of them. I'm the youngest of eight. And five of them are boys. Uh, one of my brothers passed in a car accident. But so I've been really used to having a ton of boys around me. So when I had sons, it was just like part two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I understand you're an artist. Yes. You're a fashion stylist. Yes. You love women and women's ministry. Yes. And you also have a YouTube channel. Talk about the YouTube channel. Okay. So my YouTube channel is called The Girl Who Speaks. And um, I actually started it, I'm not sure, I think it was like three, maybe four years ago. And I actually had a couple of friends that were encouraging me. I'm like, girl, we get so blessed by the things that you talk about. You need to start a YouTube channel. And I'm just like, okay, they're just gassing me up because they're my friends. <laughs> but I was like, as I prayed about it and really sat and had some time with the Lord, he was like, no, you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I need to start to share the different nuggets that God gives me with other people, and I don't want to be selfish with what he's given me. Okay. Yeah. I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad you did girl. that. I'm so glad. Okay, so is there anything else you want to share with those tuning in about yourself before um, we get into this conversation? Um, I love all things colorful, as you can see with my lipstick. Um, I'm really passionate about encouraging women to tap into the little girl inside of them, which is something me and I were just talking about before we started rolling mm-hmm. the video. Um, it's a newfound passion that has recently kind of come in my heart because of my own journey. So I would like everybody to know, like, that's a passion, whether it's through my art, through my fashion, mm-hmm. public speaking, writing, whatever, like, that's... The goal is to really encourage women to heal through connecting with the little girl inside of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, as you all know, the podcast is really geared toward not only women and empowerment, but we talk about healing. Yes. We talk about self-love. We talk about self-discovery. We talk about forgiveness, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So today's topic being, I didn't forget about you, which category do you think that will fall in? Oh, a little bit of each. I think that um, 
sometimes as women, uh, we feel like we are on the back burner as moms and wives mm -hmm. and whether you're in career or whether a stay-at-home mom or homeschooling your kids, I think a lot of times yeah. we are kind of like a jack-of-all-trades emotionally and mentally and spiritually for the family or um, just whatever we're connected to. You know, we are naturally kind of yielded towards being givers. Yeah. And so um, I don't think we always make time to be on the receiving end. That's true. So I think um, the whole title of that, I think um, it's connected to healing. Um, I believe that when we start to tap in and believe the love that God has for us um, and realize that he hasn't forgot about us and that he still has good plans Ooh, for amen. us, <laughs> I, believe, I believe that's where our healing can start. Mm -hmm. And then also there's self-discovery in that I haven't forgot about you because I know for me going through a divorce, which was devastating at the time for me, um, being born and raised in church and um, my parents being married for so long, um, going through a divorce was pretty devastating because I felt like a lot of shame and I felt like I had like um, disappointed God, um, disappointed really myself. And I think I just kind of held too high of expectations on myself. Um, and so when I went through that process, um, it really started um, a very deep, intimate relationship with myself. Um, it was the beginning of a huge journey of self-discovery and discovering who I am outside of being a once wife, yeah. um, as a, outside of being a mom, you know, those titles. Um, I think sometimes we connect our value system and our identity to what we do instead of who we are. Y'all know we had that conversation on a previous <laughs> podcast. Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I want to say this because... Um, I don't think people understand that I don't necessarily have like a process or like a, a solid plan when we talk about people who are going to sit here mm -hmm. on the couch with me. <laughs> um, usually, if, if I don't know you, if I hadn't had any type of interaction with you, we will schedule some type of meet and greet or a call. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's Zoom. Mm -hmm. So, Miss Didi here <laughs> and I, we get on this Zoom call, yes, y'all. And, you know, this was like one evening where I think I had just recently gotten off work. I, and listen, I do IT all day. So I don't like looking at a phone, computer, nothing when I get home. <laughs> but I know it's like I have to I have to chat with her. I have to chat with her. And I think I'm going in thinking it'll probably be about you know, 10 minutes top. Because mm -hmm. it don't take that long to, you know, right, right. to really figure somebody out, right? Right, right. And usually the Zoom call is basically for, you know, I'm, I'm trying to feel you out. You're trying to feel me out. We're thinking, okay, is this a good space for me? Or is it not? Or whatever. But when I tell y'all, we ended up on that Zoom call for... <laughs> yeah, what, was it an hour or two hours? I was like, girl, I got to get out of here. Well, how long? And, I mean, it was... I remember the little thing popping up. So it was longer than 30 minutes. Because I got the little free plan. Right. You didn't get 30 minutes. Um... And right. I was like, but it, the conversation was so good and it, and everything flowed. And I told you then, like, I think I told you when I got off, I went there with my husband. I was shaking. I was literally oh, shaking. I was like, yeah. I said, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> what I have it? no idea what just happened. I said, but I have to have her oh. on my, I said couch, but the futon. Right. Um. But it's so it's so funny too because I had an idea of what I wanted the conversation to be about. And as we went to talking and getting to know each other and she was sharing some things with me and I stopped, I was like, yeah, that's not your story. Mm -hmm. Your story is, yeah. I ain't forget about you. Mm -hmm. So do you want to share 
I why did. that kind of unfolded the way it did. So, the I Didn't Forget About You, which is a title that she just came fluidly from her through the store, I told her. I think because um, it's like a culmination of things for me, I would say. So, there's different childhood dreams that I even had as a little girl. I was into fashion and art, just naturally inclined towards those things. Very inquisitive, um, would ask adults different questions, very bold, not really afraid. And um, I think as I got older and I used to be confident in my younger stages, but then getting bullied and teased by boys, I'm like, you can't wear that. That's too bright. You can't wear that bright color. Mm. So I went through a lot of little different things specifically. That was my middle school, seventh grade, eighth grade, and a little bit of ninth grade. I went through that where I shied and pulled back from the things I naturally love because of Mm. boys teasing me. Um, some girls and so I really shrunk back from the things that I naturally was passionate about and inclined to so um, those things just kind of went to the back so that's one thing that kind of got lost in the sauce but then also going through a divorce and me feeling like you know I'm going to do ministry with this person like you know he was a worship leader and I would teach the word and we kind of would trade off and flow off of each other in ministry Mm -hmm. so it really felt like going through that divorce was really a death to my hopes and dreams as far as having a family together and doing ministry together and growing old together. And so in a way, I did kind of feel abandoned by God. Um, if I'm honest, I did feel abandoned mm-hmm. by God. I did feel mad at God. I did feel confused. Mm-hmm. Um, I had so many mixed feelings and I'm just like, God, why would you let this happen, you know? Instead of thinking about, wait, things happen in life Mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with him. (laughs) But he's there to help us when those things happen through human will and, you know, just human choices. And so when I went through that and those series of events, I felt so much shame. I felt so forsaken by God and even forsaken by people who kind of, you know, we naturally bend towards. um, It's not that people choose sides. They're not. I think a lot of times people are not really sure what to do in those situations, especially in the realm of, like, church. Um, I think a lot of people felt bad for me, but they really didn't know how to help me or encourage me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they kind of felt ashamed right along with me. And so um, there was a lot of me feeling very ostracized when I was in Seattle and running into people. Like, I remember I ran into somebody at the store from church, and they, like, avoided to not kind of go and speak to me. Yes, and I felt like I had did something. I was like... Why am I feeling this way? But really, y'all, it was really an attack of the enemy more than anything um, to really try to take me out mentally. Um, And so when I went through my divorce, um, prior to that, I was already depressed when we were going through the separation. Um, My ex-husband, you know, decided he didn't want us to be married together and he wanted to go a different way in his choice of lifestyle. Um, And we had three boys together. And so, um, had met each other in high school, best friends. So I felt like I lost a best friend and a spouse. So it was a double grieving. Um, and I felt betrayed by a spouse and a best friend. So there was a lot of like multiple grieving. Um, and so I just felt so left out and, and, and just like, God, why is this happening to me? So when I made the transition to coming here, which was such a God thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Your, your, was, journey to, your journey to your journey to little old south yes yes when i tell you 
it was such a God thing. Um, and even my ex-husband, he encouraged me to move because he knew it was devastating for me what was going on between him and I. And so um, that move here was so God, you guys. And my friends were like, no, don't go if you leave. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll go downhill and all that. And I'm like, look, I'm drowning. And I need He'll go down. Right, here. right. I'm drowning. You don't say that conversation I, for another day. Right, right. <laughs> Listen. Um, so, girl, you're so funny. And so, I'm just like, you guys, I'm the one drowning. You know? Right. And that's the thing when people kind of put you on a pedestal spiritually and all that. That's why I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't like when somebody says, oh, you're such a strong woman. You just, because sometimes oh. in that statement... Even like a strong black woman, that doesn't make me feel good. No. I'm just going to be honest. It makes me feel like I have to be superwoman or that you're at least putting me in a category that doesn't give me a ton of room to just be broken, mm-hmm. human, not having it all together, imperfect. And that's why a lot of times we don't deal with our stuff. That's why a lot of times we don't really um, go through the emotions of whatever we're feeling because we got somebody looking at us and we're like, oh, I can't be weak right now. I know. Oh, I can't cry right now. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My question to you is, I heard you say that as a young girl, you had dreams and aspirations of being an artist and being into fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but life started lifing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I want to say to whoever is listening too, mm-hmm. that as kids, I would say teenage years, maybe younger, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We create these um, ideas and we have these goals that we set mm-hmm. and in our little young minds they're reachable mm-hmm. you know we you know we can attain them but then we get older mm-hmm. and circumstances change life starts happening and we have to put those things on the shelf and as you as you touched on earlier too mm-hmm. especially with women mm-hmm. like when we choose to become wife mm-hmm. when we when we become mom mm-hmm. all of that stuff mm-hmm. takes priority mm-hmm. at what point did you decide to say okay i have to make myself more of a priority well to be honest um when i moved here and i became part of uh, my church which is an amazing church they actually had a ministry called celebrate recovery and um i was severely depressed at that time i was 104 pounds dripping wet and my brother actually begged me to go to this ministry because he's seen i was just going through and he was like please go he's like and so the way that he begged me, I knew he was so concerned. Mm-hmm. And he seen me sinking. He was like, sis, please, I don't want to see you drown. That's what I felt. So I went to this ministry, had never been a part of anything like this, where you talk about real issues in Real church. issues. Like you really talk <laughs> about real stuff. Um, and so I went to the ministry, and the first time I went, and, and we, you know, we have a large group where we talk about principles to help you heal. And then you go into small groups with women with women and men with men. And so when I got into this group with other women who were struggling with husbands or separation or divorce, and they were so blatantly honest mm. about their struggles, their insecurities, their fears, their, their addictions, um, their, their, their disappointments, um, it was so captivating to me. To be in a space that liberating within church walls. Mm-hmm. So that was where I started to heal enough to even consider to think of myself. Because I think prior to that, you know, sometimes we kind of have this martyr syndrome yeah. where we feel like 
die to self, die to self, die to self, but then there's an aspect where self-love has to come in and self-love is healthy as well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that started to teach me some sense of self-love by going there week after week, day after day, month after month, just for me. It wasn't about the kids. Mm-hmm. It was, I need to get some help. And I've been going for about nine years. So in that span of time, as my healing journey continued, that's when those desires started to come back up. Mm-hmm. And this is why I tell people, the more you heal, the more your gifts will start to surface. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other part of it, um, going through the divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the D word. The D word. Um, I'm not going to share your story that way. But was there any a point in time where you kind of blamed yourself? Oh, yes. For, um, oh, yes, ma'am. I immediately went inward when I started going through the divorce, even though my ex-loved one, um, he doesn't mind me sharing this stuff because we've had this conversation. I'm like, I'm going to share this story. He's like, okay. Um, but him choosing to go into a different lifestyle um, and... Even though it it was something he was saying, I'm going to do this, I still blamed myself and was like, "Um, could I have cooked better? Could I have been kinder? Could I have communicated better? I immediately (laughs) went straight inward and searched fearlessly. Like, and here's the other thing, though. Like, I was struggling with anorexia and not from a standpoint that I wanted to be real thin. I was depressed and I was dealing with levels of self-hatred at that time and it was just manifesting through my eating and so that was something I was struggling with too which I will not associate necessarily to him I think what it is is that I already had insecurities but that was like the the mm-hmm. straw on the camel's back mm-hmm. that just kind of tipped me over yeah um, and so I went into the marriage with insecurities and things already so that breakup just added to see this is why I'm not good enough this is why I need to try harder be better do better and so me not eating was in a way me punishing myself for the end of that marriage yeah. so I really that perfectionism that being overly hard on myself Somewhere in my mind, I felt like it would soothe me or relieve me to blame myself, which it just destroyed me more. It didn't do anything good. Now, what part of that, because, you know, if you're on the outside and you're looking and you're listening to this, you're like, oh, that's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just terrible. Mm-hmm. But in those horrible and terrible things that happened, mm-hmm. something good came out of it, right? Girl, so much good. Talk about that. Ooh, so much good came out of it. Um, self-discovery. Um, and I and I have told my ex-husband, like, it was the right thing. Um, this needed to happen. Uh, not, in, not immediately, because mm-hmm. I was in the hurt and the grief stage of things. But once God brought me to a place of acceptance and understanding that it wasn't some plot he did, like, oh, I'm going to marry her and I'm going to break her heart. No, like, it's what mm-hmm. happened. But it wasn't this intentional set out hurt. Once I disconnected myself from being responsible in that way, I started to heal on a deeper level. Okay. And like, wait a minute. No, like he went as far as he could go within his power and his understanding. So I think sometimes accepting, sometimes people can only go as far as they can go no matter who they're with. That's true. So once I had that understanding and took me out of the equation and even had that conversation with him, I actually had a conversation with him and said, hey, 
I want you to know I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I, dude, that's hard. I did. That's hard. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. And it felt so good when I did it, y'all. It, there was no resistance, but the healing had built up enough. I feel like healing is like currency. But the healing had built up enough for me to have enough strength and audacity to have that I conversation. That, I can get that. And it gave me enough understanding to even have a full picture of what had taken place. Because prior to that, my perception was limited on me and this happening to where it's like, okay, wait a minute. There were times that, you know, it wasn't always a bad thing. And, you know, so I had to look at the full picture and be like, you know what? He did the best he could. I did the best I could with the understanding that we had at the time, with the resources that we had at the time. Mm -hmm. So once I released that, a lot of healing came because then the blame was no longer on me. It was like, okay. He did the best he could. You did the best you could. So then from that place is when that journey started coming of saying I was beginning to love myself and recognize mm-hmm. myself and see myself as this individual again. And and so then, like, I was just like, okay, all these gifts just kind of started surfacing. And even at my church, like, they started seeing different things in me. And they're like, oh, you know, we want you to teach at the leadership meetings and do a devotional. And. What's so funny, y'all, is those are things that I thought were only connected to him, yeah. him, him. Mm-hmm. That relationship. And it's like, okay, well, the, the marriage is gone. I guess the ministry and plans God has for me are gone. No, ma'am. So mm-hmm. God revived that again. I have not forgot about you. He revived <laughs> that. He, he revived that in that moment. And I remember when I was asked to do it, and I remember the first time that I taught mm-hmm. since the divorce, because it had been some years, y'all. It wasn't overnight that I started teaching again. But when it got to that point where I started teaching again, and when I taught my first devotional at the leadership meeting, I went home and I and I believe I cried. And I was like, wow, God, you've not forgotten about <laughs> you've me. You've not forgotten about me. You didn't forget about my <laughs> gifts. You still, have a, you still have a plan for me. And your plan for me cannot be detoured by outward situations. Like, your plan is still your plan for me regardless. So now today you're back, you're doing the art, you're mm-hmm. in your fashion. So mm-hmm. did that realization with God mm-hmm. kind of propel that forward? Did that kind of give you that push to say, well, I can do this? Yes, it did. It was kind of a slow trickle because honestly, when I first started teaching, I would get so nervous. Number one, I was at a new church. Um, number two, it had been a while. Um, but once I started doing it again and doing it scared or doing it, um, inspired of, uh, it feeling a little uncomfortable, like each time I did it anyway, I started to get more and more satisfied. And then, um, as time kind of went on, like it's really opportunities kind of started just kept kind of kept coming at me that God just kept linking me with the right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. But the art thing actually came about because it was during the pandemic. Um, and I had made a promise to God that if I moved into a home where I had a spot to paint, I just told him, I said, I would start to paint again. Well, I had moved into the home and had been there a couple of years and had not started painting. (laughs) So when the pandemic came, I was like, you know what? Times are real scary. I don't know if I'm going to make it. If we going to make it, I'm going to start painting. So I started painting again to kind of get through those emotions and then also to keep up with my promise to God. So as I painted, this gift of communication through art started to open up that Mm -hmm. I didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. So, and then I started posting on Facebook and people were like, oh my goodness, 
we're just blessed by that. And so honestly, that wasn't like even like a planned out thing. The Lord just led me into that um, through, you know, posting. And then next thing you know, I had an art exhibit and then it was two and then three and then four art exhibits. And then it's a mm. hand painted bag collection and Look jeans out. and <laughs> like, and it just keeps going and going. And then the fashion and like literally he just, what he did is just lit a fire. Mm -hmm. And then from that fire, things just bloomed. Yeah, he got a way of doing that. <laughs> got a way of doing that. Yes. I want to go back real quick and revisit something you said. Okay. When the um, divorce was happening, the separation and the divorce was happening, how you were, you know, upset with God. And, and um, from my own experience, and, and I relate this to losing my mom, I was so angry. I was like so angry to the point where I was like, I don't even want the relationship anymore. I don't even want a relationship with you. Um, but when we think about, I didn't forget about you. A lot of times we, we blame God for things. We turn our backs to him. You know, we're, we're done with the relationship because we're not, because we act like little toddlers sometimes mm -hmm. when we don't get our way. Mm -hmm. then, you know, we, we, we throw in a fit, mm -hmm. but then life keeps lifing. Yeah. And then you have to go back to God. <clears throat> Listen, Aren't you glad? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad he still said, I ain't forget about you. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad because I'm going to be honest. Before I came here, when I was going through that time, I remember questioning God's very existence. And I had never done that in my life. But I said, God, I don't even know mm -hmm. if you're real at this point. And I remember telling God, I said, God, if you don't mm. pull me out of this dark space, I'm never going to make it out. And even in my questioning of his existence, I tell people he loved me to life. <laughs> like, and God wanted me to know, even, and, <laughs> right? Love that. Like, I love he loved that. me to life. And I'm so glad that I experienced that weak space where I wasn't this strong Christian or this strong woman of God where I had this strong faith. No, my faith was gone. I was very um, doubtful and all these things. And I want to encourage the, like, the, like those who are watching. It's not about us having this perfect faith. It's about the love of a father. His love supersedes our ability to perform for him. Mm, say it again. His love supersedes <laughs> our ability to perform for him. Is this thing on? Is it on? Did y'all hear that? <laughs> because I think... <laughs> We just kind of sometimes think he's going to love me more only when I'm doing, I'm when, only when I'm strong in my faith, only when I'm reading my Bible a whole bunch or praying a whole bunch. I was so mm. broken at that time. I had nothing to give God but my broken pieces. I didn't have him some, some strong faith to give to him. And what he did is he met me right there. But you know what happened? He took me back to the basics. He literally scooped up mm -hmm. all those broken pieces mm -hmm. you think think about a puzzle mm -hmm. for people who love puzzles my mom was one who loved puzzles. i can't i get frustrated um <laughs> <laughs> me too just imagine mm -hmm. picking up all these pieces and you're looking and you're trying to figure out what goes where and how to how to make this thing whole again mm -hmm. and he does it with such ease and minimal frustration <laughs> but to know to know that God is still there and God is still God, even when we don't give him mm -hmm. the attention, the love mm -hmm. that he so deserves. Mm -hmm. 
I, I hopped on an impromptu live video. I don't know if, if you saw it. It was like 1040 last night. And my sister, she called. She said, are you sleep?" I said, no, I'm working on something real quick. Getting ready to go to bed. What's going on? Hop on a live with me real quick. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, hold on. Let me get myself together, girl. So we jumped on Facebook yeah. Live, and she was like, y'all want to talk about um, about friends? Or, mm-hmm. like, I forget the title of it. It was something about, is do you really have a friend or something? Mm-hmm. We got to talking about it. And what we're talking about now reminds me of that because we have these friendships and these relationships where they're so one-sided. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, some some of us have those friends that only call you when they want to lay all their burdens down on you. You know, when, when they're going through everything or they want to gossip or stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But we choose to keep those people in our lives. But there is a struggle trying to have this friendship with God. Mm. And we talked about it on the live last night. He's not about to go out here and tell your business. Mm-hmm. He don't really want much from you. Um, and we were talking about how you see the Facebook post where they say, you know, I want some friends that, you know, we can sit at a table and strategize and we can take trips. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, God will do all of that with you. And you know the best thing about it? He can pay his own way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I'm saying that to say that even when we're going through our Mm -hmm. trials and our issues and we question Mm -hmm. God's existence and our faith is being tested. Now, he might not make his presence like really, really known, but he's there. He's so there. And there's going to come a time where you're going to be like, I needed him. I need him. And he's still right there you know how bad we treat God sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like have you ever just decided to go and pray and say God how you doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of people don't do that Mm -hmm. I was just checking on you Lord how you doing I love that I love that because you know that's what he stops by he stops by and check on us like that that's the type of friend he is he doesn't forget about us and I'm so glad to hear that you didn't forget about that teenager mm-hmm. who had these dreams mm-hmm. and aspirations and and didn't give up on yourself mm-hmm. not completely that you may right. have taken a little pause right, you right, right, a little right, right. just a little exhale but you didn't give up yeah. you know what and I would say to people anything good that they see in me Mm-hmm. Say that louder, because I don't know if we pick Any you up. good thing that people see in me is Him. Yes, Lord. It's God breathed. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. Um, me sitting right here today and being in my right mind, mm-hmm. um, and 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 being confident enough to speak on a podcast like this is not something I probably would have did like five years ago or or just whatever time ago. Um, but when you talk about Him being the best friend ever. He's so faithful. And I want to even tie this in with the he hasn't forgot about me. When I was 12 years old, I had a journal, and I would write to God in that journal. Mm-hmm. I would talk with him on my way home from school. Like, that was my ace boom coon. Mm-hmm. And what he's done in my adulthood as a woman has brought me back to God. Mm-hmm. 
Have you, have, you pulled, have you pulled that journal out? You know what? I wish I still had that journal. No, you don't have it. It was a little cute Lisa Frank journal with a panda. I could still see it. But I remember I would write to him, and I would see him show up even at that age. Mm-hmm. I could think something or want something, and, and he would do it. And so I feel like that's why in the Bible talks about we have to come to him like children. <laughs> That's why it says, come to me like a child. That's why Jesus is referring to us as children, because there's something that's a connecting factor in understanding his love for us. And when we, bec- when we act like little children, we, it's a different level of surrender and trust. Yes. Because you think about a child with their parent, they just automatically trust them to do certain things, mm-hmm. trust them to feed them and to clothe them and to do all that stuff. There's no second thought of, Mom or dad may not do that. Like us, like us grown people. Mm-hmm. But we got second so, guess everything. Question. Bro, listen, sit down and shut up. <laughs> wait a minute. Listen, what did it say? Wait, what did it say? Oh, this, oh. Is the, this is not the one that said give it to God and hush. Give it to give God. Give it to God, sis. Yes. And, <laughs> and I think that is really the challenge as believers is to go back to being like a little child. Yeah. That's really where we find this beautiful intimate love relationship with God is being like a child Mm -hmm. surrendering and and trusting that he's a good father he's a good father and I will even say the situation I went through with my ex-husband like I'm grateful to God for it and I'm not saying that in some cliche Christianese way like I would literally not be this woman I would not have a level of understanding and empathy and wisdom and really, like, the ministry God has called me to has been really birthed from the foundation of the pain that I had went through in that time. Mm-hmm. And it's actually made me even love people more and to want to know, like, you know, what's going on and, you know, wanting to pray for people, wanting to see people healed. And um, so it really was a, a place that God actually really used to grow me into who he called me to be. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Can you think of anything else? Because I know we talked about the art. We talked about Mm -hmm. fashion, things that you had dreamt of doing when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there anything else in your childhood that you that you have to tap into now and say, oh, yeah. Ooh, okay, come through with these questions. That that affected me in a way where now I can look back Mm -hmm. in that moment and say that I've, I've. become better because of it or I'm healed from that mm-hmm. yes um there are some things I've always wanted to go to France since I was a little girl girl where we going listen <laughs> where we going you do a little thing when you're doing poetry is good you know they be snapping their fingers at poetry you don't clap you snap <laughs> um I always wanted to go to France um since I was young and to see like the fashion over there and mm-hmm. the Eiffel Tower and all that um, so that, that, that's a dream that has been re kind of opened. And so kind of got on Duolingo and was like, okay, I need to start like practicing some French and really connecting with that mm-hmm. desire. Ushering it in. Ushering it in, mm-hmm. like knowing that it's coming, mm-hmm. knowing that he's going to bring it to me. Um, and to even get to that space has taken healing to say, wait a minute, he loves me so much that he wants to do that for me. He, yeah. Not for somebody else, mm-hmm. but for me. Yeah. And so, um, 
my friends and I were talking about this thing of having the capacity to receive. Being able to receive from people and from God through people. Um, I give the example of how, like, I'm very much a giver. I'm very much a giver. And then I have friends who really want to do nice things. Like, I had a girlfriend who was like, I was telling her about this perfume, and it's, like, real expensive. And she goes, oh, I'm going to buy you some. I'm like, ah. something in me wanted to go, you no. know, <laughs> you don't have to. And I felt the Holy Spirit grieve within me. Why do you not let me love you through people? Because I think we think it's always it's going to just come as this mist, but a common way that he loves on us is through people. Through people. Mm-hmm. And putting those certain people mm-hmm. in, your, in your life. And we talked about, you know, in, in your space. And, yeah. and, and in that, though, at the same time, I always have to... <laughs> Uh-oh. I have to pray <laughs> for a spirit of discernment. Okay. Because I'm that person where I'm like, oh, and then I'm starting to look like, what was I thinking? <laughs> That's how you, I mean, like, right. be real. Like, right, sometimes right, right, you're right. so open to people yeah. that you're blind. And yeah. then you got these people in your circle. And you be like, oh. Mm-hmm. Gotta readjust. So I have, I have to pray for a spirit of discernment. And, and just mm-hmm. be like, mm, nope. So. I mean, it's true. <laughs> and the thing about it is, like, the gifts and talents and anointings that God has given us are attractive. Yeah, that's one thing I'm starting to learn is that it's a tra- get to the bare base of that. There's going to be people that are going to be attracted to you because of the gifts of God. Not that we're not attractive because of personality. You could be funny. You could be charismatic. Yeah. Those things are attractive. But knowing as believers, the gifts and talents God has given us makes us attractive. And sometimes those that are drawn to that, I think the key thing is knowing who belongs where. Who's genuine? Who, who, like who I have my inner court. <laughs> I have my inner court, which is, okay, me and God. Then outside, a little bit out of that layer is healthy family. Like I have, I thank God. I know this isn't for everybody, but it just so happens I have a very spiritually grounded, healthy family members that we hold yeah. each other accountable. Um, That's my mom, my dad, siblings. Like we, we so th- there's that, like they are my real safety when it comes to just conversation decision making so um but then outside of that i have my tribe of friends and it's a small circle who really gets to really speak into my life one hand um I yes. on one hand <laughs> very 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 small <laughs> circle who gets to speak into my life then outside of that it's people i see in passing we may do lunch or coffee but it's very light i won't say surface because i it's hard for me to be surface y'all um, it's never surface, <laughs> but it's not as deep as the core. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I'm learning who belongs where, even when it comes to networking and, and, and business and knowing, okay, who are my core people that will speak into me in business, mm-hmm. you know, outside of, uh, friends, you know, but who are the ones that I feel like, um, are in a common vein of, of the direction and maybe similar career path, um, who are my core people that I want to glean from, like, you know, as in mentoring, or who do I feel God's put in my life to pour into? When you were younger, was that something that you were mindful of as, as far as, like, in your friendships and in your circle? Oh, girl, no. I was such a chameleon as a kid, girl. <laughs> I could be with the gothics. I could be over here with the preps. I could be over here with the rockers, the skaters. Like, I will say that 
at that time I was like social butterfly, but in a way, I see the benefit of it now. Then I think it was kind of a lot of people pleasing and not really knowing where I fit. In a way, but in a way not. Mm -hmm. Because I've always been very fascinated by people from different countries, different nationalities. Yeah. And I see, how that's, that. I, I see how that's playing into my purpose. And so um, when you talk about things as a kid that I feel like God's bringing back up again, um, I do think eventually I'm going to get a podcast. I've always been very naturally. Yeah, I I'm think ready for it. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've always naturally been very inquisitive and wanting to interview people about their lives, and that that was the thing as a little girl. And so my my siblings used to tease me and call me Cairo Four News. I know. Bless I'm they mean. hearts. <laughs> Bless they hearts. Hi guys, I love you, brothers. <laughs> I love you so much. I know you guys believe in me. And they seriously do believe in me, but, um, yeah, I, they used to call me Cairo for news because I'd be like, well, what happened? Well, why'd they say that? Well, what did they mean? <laughs> True story. At a very, very young age. Like, who does that? I me. definitely believe that those things that you wanted or may even promised yourself mm -hmm. as a kid yeah. uh, will come mm -hmm. in time. But, mm -hmm. you know, God's mm -hmm. timing may be a little bit different mm -hmm. than our own. Yeah. But I feel like it will come mm -hmm. in time. I agree. Um, again, I'm trying to think about my own. Yeah. Let's see. Talk about it. I don't know. Like, when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What were you like as a kid? Oh. I, I, I was weird. I feel like I was weird. And mean? I say that because I felt like I felt like I was in the wrong environment. I'm, wait, trying wait, to, what you mean? I'm, I'm trying to make it make sense. Okay, so it's no it's no secret to anybody who don't know. I grew up in the projects, right? Okay, okay. And so my environment, for the most part, were people who were not pushing to be an intellectual. Oh, you know, they gotcha. were they were maybe pushing popularity or whatever. Right. So in the school, okay, I was meet the geek. Right? Oh. But then when I would come home, okay. I was meet by the. Throw there. <laughs> But I always knew that I wanted to do something mm -hmm. big and special mm, when I grew up. Really? But I didn't have, like, the nurturing or yeah. the encouragement, mm -hmm. things like that as a kid. So mm -hmm. I took a whole different path. I had my first child, I was 16. Mm -hmm. So anything that I thought I was getting ready to do at that moment, I was like, well, mm -hmm. it ain't going to happen now. Mm -hmm. But... God didn't forget about me. It was just a situation where I had to believe again and trust myself enough and, and be okay. Because honestly speaking, I was ashamed of being smart, if that mm. makes sense. Oh, it makes absolute sense. I was like, I don't want to be the one sitting here mm -hmm. and, yeah. and people going to be looking at me like, who she think she is? So I was like, I would kind of mask it i was a little Dumb ashamed down. of being smart yeah. so when i began to be okay with it and, and trust myself and believe in yeah. myself again and god was like look now i'm gonna start to show you you know and things start happening people were like look as we say all the time you see the glory mm -hmm. but you don't know the story, <laughs> don't know the story who would have thought i would be sitting here right me neither having a podcast talking right. about you know or mm -hmm. anything that i'm doing right now who would have thought but because we didn't forget about ourselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or that little girl mm -hmm. 
and God didn't forget about us. Mm-hmm. It's able to come into fruition. I love how you, I'm so glad you brought up that point. I love flowing with you because I think that's so key is us dumbing down the things about us that were natural. Um, and I actually heard a man say this quote and I agree with it. He said, how you will know the degree to which you have healed is to the degree that you have become like you were as a child. Mm. I believe that um, 110%. Um, you know, because you're talking about dumbing down like the intelligence. Uh, I feel like I kind of did that too. Um, I was very like intellectual and just my interests were different than mm-hmm. some of my, you know, friends, even like some of my black girl friends. Like I was always wanting to like, oh, a Russian girl. I want to be friends with her. The Indian girl, like the Hispanic girl. Like I love the idea of diversity and friendships and um, that wasn't always understood. My family, yes. All my family pretty much is very diverse in friendships and mm-hmm. relationships and stuff. But for me, I knew I was different. I just, I knew that I was unique. That's the word. I, I knew there was something unique about me. Um, even just the idea of bright colors and, and being drawn to that and different patterns and prints and textures and um, and, and my mom did cultivate that in me at a young age. She let me dress myself. Mm-hmm. She, I could have yellow stockings, green stockings, <laughs> a black and white dress, polka dot dress with purple leggings. I mean, you name it. She, I thank well, God good. that I had a mother who was open to letting me be this interesting, quirky, unusual little girl. Because it's really like a form of expression, too. It, it is a form of expression, and she encouraged that. I remember she bought me this Barbie outfit. I'll never forget. It had black and white striped pants, and the, the top had, like, a little skirt to it, but it was, like, pink and purple and green and orange, and but striped pants. And, like, as you can see, the little girl has come out. I got the, the stripes with the lip, and I have a pink bag. Y'all can't see it, but, um, <laughs> but that is – it feels so good to come back to her. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe – to truly live the abundant life that Christ has died to give us is to be that version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because that's where the origination of how he naturally has um, created you to be um, drawn to certain things. Like, you know, and I think so many times we just kind of think of our personality or our likes or dislikes haphazardly. But God, it says that he, you know, he knit us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. So you think about knit. That's <laughs> that paying attention to time detail. And detail yes. like that's got paying attention to detail. Okay, so Meek, I'm going to put a little intelligence because this is going to be connected for a purpose. For later, I'm going to put a little bit of love for color with Dee Dee because she's going to be able to reach people outside of the church through her love for color. Like, mm-hmm. he's thinking about all those things. He's so intentional. Yeah. He's so intentional. And that's the beauty of it. Do you think that, because we're talking about the, the child and, and, and starting to become mm-hmm. her, but do you think that you have to heal that child first? That's because I don't, I don't want to feel like um, mm-hmm. I'm going back to a place that wasn't healthy. Right. I want to address that part first. Yes. Do you think that's important? Mm-hmm. I think it's like something that kind of happens simultaneously. Like both of them happen at the same time. Um, You know, so like, for example, like um, I I, I do think those things get addressed along the way. Like my wardrobe has shifted over the years. 
Um, I have just now in the last couple of years really grown and come into my own in my fashion. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to even happen even more, the ideas that are in my mind about things I'm going to wear. I can feel that getting that gift getting stronger and stronger the more that I just have what healed and I don't care about what nobody else thinks. Mm -hmm. If I want to wear cheetah print with stripes, I'm going to wear it. <laughs> um, and I'm going to enjoy wearing it. And what I've noticed too, though, is when I really settle into my own skin and I wear those things and I do those things, it's so mm -hmm. attractive. People are like, oh my goodness, look at your outfit. And I'm simply just being me. Just being you. And God, what, <laughs> I'm just being me. And I'm thinking, girl, what? This is just quirky and, you know, fun. And But they can see that I'm settled in my own skin. So it's bigger than the clothes. It's, this is me. Mm -hmm. And that's shining from here to here. And it feels good just to be you. Oh, it feels so good to just be me. And then to be paid or to be praised for being you. Like, I'm just saying, like, that's the ultimate satisfaction to get paid because you're being you. Uh -huh. You're getting paid to be you. And you and do something that you love doing anyways. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway. Right. But if I'm going to get paid for it. Right, then... <laughs> right, right. You know, and I think, I think, like you said, but no, you're right. There's some of those things that have to be addressed in some of those mindsets or those seeds that were sown mm -hmm. over time that made us feel like something was wrong with bright colors or intellect mm -hmm. so but i believe sometimes there's opportunities that will cause that thing to resurrect and god wants us to face it mm -hmm. so so all of a sudden like okay so i did this modeling thing because i was like i really want to come out of my comfort i always wanted to model so i went to go model this fashion show to prove to myself that i can be courageous and i had to um be faced with that insecurity thing on a high level because i'm about to just oh. walk in front of all these people yes. and they're watching me and so i did i had to some of those old feelings started coming up and it was too late babe because it was my turn, turn it to out there. <laughs> somebody get a switch i gotta switch it off and i was like Wait, no no and then on top of that okay that's another story but anyway <laughs> together real quick didn't and it you? was so and it was so <laughs> scary and i and i know i walked really fast i was like <laughs> but i was so proud of myself and i think that's something that we should talk about is giving grace to ourselves i think that's so key in mm -hmm. our healing journey is yeah. being like meek i'm proud of you girl look you didn't did the thing you didn't set up your podcast i think we really need to count and calculate our wins a lot more than we do celebrate them no matter celebrate how big them. or small celebrate them instead of all this negative self-talk oh i could have did this oh i could have did that not that you don't take an honest look at where you can improve but i mean this sick toxic negative self-talk of putting ourselves mm -hmm. down every chance that we can get i think if we switch that and encourage ourselves we would see ourselves go even further yeah be even stronger and even press into who we were created to be even more because it's it, it'll be fueled by love yeah and not perfection well, you know what? I could sit here and talk to you. I know, I know. All day. Talking for a while. But it's time to kind of wind things down. And we're at the moment where we're going to do our affirmations. Okay. So each guest, when they come onto Meek Speaks podcast, they do have to write an affirmation. We put it in the box and then we pull it. Okay. So I'm going to give it a good shake. 
want you to look because I think okay. yours is folded different. Okay. Okay. And you probably okay. did that on purpose. No, no, I didn't. I promise. I'm a good girl. Okay, let me mix it just for the sake of the audience of people who are watching. Okay, let's see. Okay. Make sure you read it loud and clear. I don't know. Yeah, you got one. You already are what you are trying to become. Oh! Why does it sound like something? Let me see that. Is that my handwriting? Is it you? No. You already are. <laughs> I don't think that's my. What you are trying to become. Oh, this is so real. Why does it sound like something I've said? <laughs> what? It sound like something I said, but this is not my. This is my hand. This is my handwriting. Girl, I'm so confused. Okay, we're gonna read it one more time. You already are what hold on maybe this ain't mine because i'm struggling to try to read you already are what you are trying to become mm, that's real i love it i love it well miss dd we're going to go ahead and wrap this okay. up do you have any final thoughts final words first of all how do you feel about joining me on the food tour i enjoyed it so much <laughs> you i had a good time with you too anything you want the people to know in closing i think you're a phenomenal woman i'm a, oh well i'll take it thank yeah, you yeah i try i think you're a brilliant <laughs> woman um i last ending thoughts um seek to become that version of yourself again um and i know that takes courage it's a process it's not something that's going to happen overnight but i promise you if you partner with god mm -hmm. If you partner with God, make him your partner. He will take you on the adventure of a lifetime. If you partner with him and you allow him to step by step help you to revisit that little girl yes. or little boy, if a male's watching, as you let him take you and reintroduce you to that version of yourself, you will see the greatest, most beautiful things ever come about in your life. Well, thank you again. And I appreciate I what so you gave much. to the podcast today and and being so open to the conversation. And I definitely would like to do this again. Me too. All right. So, y'all, I'm going to get out of here. And as always, count your blessings. Bye. I'm talking with me speaks. Yeah, yeah.